Hey, what's going on, Clipper people? It is me, William the Opinion Updike. And I am Positive Chuck Mockler. And we're your friendly neighborhood Clippers podcast. Just a couple of best friends and Clipper credentialed media folks who bring you locked on Clippers every new year. Technically, yes. Uh, oh, this is the first one of 2022. Damn. Hope everyone had a good uh, New Year's Eve. Uh, yeah, Monday through Friday, Locked on Clippers coming at you. Seven in the morning. Make us your first listen. And let's dive into this, as always, wonky matchup with the Timberwolves. Yeah, so this will be the third time we're taking on this team, so a little bit of a sample size there. We're going to be talking about what we need to do well to win that game, as well as a few things that could really bite us and what could go wrong. Mm -hmm. uh, and then in segment two, it's the Freshies. Every single Monday, Charles and I like to take a look at the newer guys to the squad. Of course, we got to talk about Eric Bloodso, who's been playing great. Uh, it's time to talk about Amir Coffee. It's coffee time. Dude, yes. Uh, and also, we, we need to talk a little bit more about the surge situation, which continues to get messier and muddier by the day. It's weird. Uh, so we're going to talk about that. And then we also, every single Monday, bring you the Luke Kennard Progress Report, as well as Terrence Mann's Vorp Watch. A lot of good stuff for Luke Kennard on that progress report since he's been in the starting lineup. Mm -hmm. He's been, you know, a crucial piece to this Clippers offense and being able to put away some wins. And then we also always like to do Terrence Mann's Vorp Watch. Look, I, a lot of people are really <laughs> optimistic about the jump that he could take this year as a player. And I think that we have seen more of that recently. Uh, but every single week, we like to kind of check in as like a base level comparison of sort of where he stands versus a, you know, a league average replacement yeah. player. Uh, so all that and more coming up. Right about now. You are Locked On Clippers, your daily Los Angeles Clippers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, so the Clippers do take on the Timberwolves at home, which is a good time. Um, Nick Batum upgraded to questionable, so he might play, which is great. Uh, no Isaiah Hartenstein. Can he play? <laughs> no Isaiah Hartenstein still. No real update on this. Um, we knew he wasn't going to be for the three-game road trip. It's weird we haven't heard anything else about the sprain, right? Agreed. Hopefully we'll get some more info on that the day you're listening to this. No Carl Anthony Towns or uh, D'Angelo Russell uh, expected for the Wolves. So we'll see what they're doing with that. We're also getting the Wolves on the second night of a back-to-back. -back. Yeah. They're playing the Lakers while we're recording this. Um, Will, what do we need to do well in this game to get this win streak to two? Well, look, with no Cat uh, or D'Angelo Russell, we got to find some way to slow down Anthony Edwards. Yes. We've seen him at times against this defense get exactly what he wants. Yes. Uh, he's gone off. With most of, defenses. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> he, he's gone off uh, against this team for 28 points, 17 points, and 21 points through three meetings. Okay. And you got to assume with the absences of Cat and D'Angelo Russell that more offense is, is going to be run through him. Absolutely. Which can be, could be problematic for the Clippers. Look, in terms of defending him, Paul George and Matum have obviously, you know, had a share of possessions on yeah. him. Yeah. Uh, a weird one, though, that I, I want to take another look at. I want to get your bearing on this. <laughs> okay. Uh, sort of an odd, good matchup defensively for Anthony Edwards has been Reggie Jackson? I mean, hey, man, in the, in the health and safety protocols that we live in today, I, I'm not, yeah, let's do it. Throw whoever on them. Yeah, so, <laughs> I, I mean, looking, according to matchup data on stats.nba, okay. um, in the second uh, matchup we had with the Wolves, Reggie had Anthony Edwards on 24 possessions, okay. held him to one of six shooting. In our most Jesus. recent matchup, Reggie had Ant on 22 possessions, held him to one of eight. Hey, uh, let's ride this until the wheels fall off. Like, yeah. 
is this real? Is this Anthony <laughs> Edwards maybe getting thrown off by having a smaller man on him? What, what is this? Well, when you're playing, you know, someone of Reggie Jackson's stature within the league. No. Yeah. Um, I don't know if this is real. Does he catch his reflection in the goggles, <laughs> in the and, goggles? It, and it gets confused? I don't know if this is real, but like, I mean, let's just ride it until it's not real anymore, I guess. Like, because yeah. he's obviously, they seem to, either the Timberwolves are looking for the switch on Reggie Jackson and it hasn't worked these last two Which games. Which is most likely. I Which mean, like, most uh, likely. given the number of these. So hopefully that, that dam doesn't break in this game. Yeah, because. And hopefully it, Nick Batum is back to help spell because if he's hitting on Reggie Jackson. Things are not going to go well for the Clippers in this game. Well, because if you're looking at these number of field goal attempts, uh, it's substantial. Eight field goal attempts through 22 possessions. That's a lot of attempts. It's like a third of his attempts for the game for the most part. Yeah. Close yeah. So it. holding him to one of eight in that time is really good. I don't know if this is something that can continue, <laughs> but it's something to watch. What do you think yes. we need to do well to win this game? The current starting lineup of the Clippers, even if Batum plays, I'm assuming he would maybe you know, be off the bench on this one. I don't know. There's still no Mook and all that good. Or there is Mook, excuse me. But we kind of break those guys up. The starters need to keep shooting well. Three of the five starters were over 50% from three versus Brooklyn. The Clippers bench went one of nine from three. And we've been looking better from three since the last time we played Brooklyn. Yeah. We've been shooting really well as a team. Uh, I think played Minnesota. What's that? Since last time we played Minnesota, you mean? Oh, I, th- I thought you I said three of the five starters were over 50% versus Brooklyn. Yeah, sorry. Oh, no, 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 I'm wrong. You're right, you're right, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah so yeah. like as a team, since the last time we played Brooklyn, I think we shot 38% around then, 39%. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, it, again, we shot well in, in Brooklyn in that win. Um, they have sort of been trending up in, in this three-point shooting, which yeah. is good because it's like one of the more reliable pieces of our offense like we this team sure, we know they shoot well the, well in this team even without its top tier players finds ways to manufacture good shots yes which is a big credit to Ty Lue. um given who's on the bench like these starting number these shooting numbers kind of make sense yeah right like especially in that last game versus brooklyn a lot of new guys um unless they're creating like elite mid-range and paint chaos it might be a, a an uphill battle uh, with the bench minutes, maybe that James Ennis explosion is coming. Yeah. Um, that we'll see. But Reggie's still ramping up conditioning-wise. He was the, other than Serge, he was the only starter who didn't make over 50% of his threes. Um, so I'm hoping he has some good legs under him versus the Wolves because he's looked labored since he's come back with his conditioning. Yeah, well, I mean, I was kind of questioning what he would look like in that back-to-back, like if we would see him play. We, of course, did. Uh, but speaking of legs... We got to find a way to like just find the legs to play with some speed. Yeah, second night of a back-to-back for the Wolves. Yes, we've been really successful on the fast break against the Wolves. Uh, in three outings, we've outscored them 18-8, to 15-3, to and 26-24, to which is a lot closer, but 26 points on the fast break for this team is, That's, is substantial. Yeah, absolutely. Um, getting into what could go wrong on this one, uh, the Wolves kill us on offensive rebounds they're currently as we're recording this destroying the lakers on the boards yeah um naz reed is on pace for like 30 and 18 or something like that wow and the wolves are a very weird rebounding team to look at they are top five in offensive rebounding percentage and top three in total offensive rebounds per game however they're dead last in defensive rebounding percentage and 28 in defensive rebounds per game um we've managed to out rebound them twice in three outings like without Carl Anthony Towns, 
They played the Jazz before the Lakers. They still grabbed one more offensive rebound than the Jazz, wow. which is terrifying. That's impressive. Given the Jazz were basically at full strength. They got some big dudes, though. Yes. I mean, like, and this isn't a slow them down thing. We are going to seed offensive rebounds yes. with this current version of the Clippers because we go small and all that stuff. Naz Reed is going to be a problem in this area. We're going to hear his name call on the glass. And Vanderbilt, too. Like, they're starting both these guys if we can't, if the starters can't tread water and and get some kind of lead, um, th- that's just going to be a long night, and the Wolves might end up getting like twelve plus field goal attempts than the Clippers, which is another trend that we have to deal with with this current situation. Which is no one's fault because we we have probably hardship deals and all this thing, but against this, is, I'm a little worried about this. Well, you talk about the hardship deals. I mean, I I guess my question: What could go wrong? Is like, can we? continue to have the same level of success we've gotten from rotation guys yeah uh as we continue to play teams you can only assume with you know fewer people out than the clippers have i mean it's a little bit different in minnesota with you know two cat and d yeah with two huge players out but is this sustainable like what these other role players have been able to provide in the last i hope amir coffee two games especially yeah i hope amir i mean amir coffee's on a fantastic upswing right now terrence mann's playing great we're gonna talk about him we're gonna talk about bledsoe and those guys in the next segment, but yeah, I mean, I guess I'm looking for some good stuff from like Xavier Moon. Um, Jay Scrub got upgraded to questionable. We might see him run some minutes. He was Hasp, right? Yeah, he was Hasp. He was doing his reconditioning stuff. Um, this feels like a bit of a toss-up. Every game is, um, honestly, unless you're the Nets and you think you're going to walk all over the Clippers, in which case it's not a toss-up. Yeah. But this game against the Timberwolves, no one really knows what to expect from any NBA team right now. Yes. Um, and I'm hoping... If we can shut down Anthony Edwards and they, you know, the, the Wolves don't get too top heavy, I think uh, we'll be good to go. Yeah, I'm with you right there. Like, this is going to be a, a tough game. It's definitely a winnable game. Absolutely. Uh, before we close out this segment, we kind of have glossed over a massive win for the Clippers. Uh, give me your one. Oh, yeah. Give me your one sentence wrap up. Clippers over Brooklyn says more about the Clippers or the Nets. Uh, says more about the Nets. We're going to talk about it in the next segment, but uh, New York's a worse city than Los Angeles, and I think that that one proved it. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> All right, so going on next, we're going to be talking the Freshies, uh, which is where we talk guys fresh to the squad but before we get into it i mm-hmm. gotta let you know about built bar oh yeah look we talk about built bar all the time it's the best tasting protein bar on the market but did you know that built bar has so many delicious flavors there's truly something for everyone it's cool when you talk to a built bar fan they're definitely passionate about their favorites i'm passionate about my favorites right. we gotta duke it out of if you don't know the built bar flavors you're missing out they got coconut cherry barcia raspberry mint brownie double chocolate salted caramel strawberry orange cookies and cream and German chocolate, ooh, yummy. You want to know what my favorite flavor is? What? Mint brownie. Why is that? Uh, just tasty. It, it kind of reminds me of a, of a junior mint. Oh, good call. Yeah. Elite movie snack. Yes, yeah. great movie snack. Uh, so if you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mixed box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. This, you know, it's uh, a, a poo-poo platter, if you will. A bit of a, you know, like sure. a, a try everything. Yeah, they should market it as a poo-poo platter. <laughs> I keep going on about the, the flavors, but like not only are these bars great tasting, they're also healthy. Check out these macros. Each bar has 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, only four to five grams sugar, and only four to five grams net carbs. Amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy. Built Bar is also the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team, which... 
is pretty neat. Pretty and right cool. now, we have a very special offer for our listeners. If you go to built.com and use promo code locked on, you'll get 15% off your order. Use promo code locked on for 15% off at built.com. All right. Welcome to the Freshies. Hey, we it's talk, fresh. You know, we talk new guys, we talk new things. We got to talk this win that happened on Saturday. Yes. Um, this was a fun time. Yeah. Beat the stupid net. I just, I, this win made me not like the Nets even more. I wasn't like really anti the Nets. Pretenders. Now, now they're pretenders. Now they're pretenders. Um, new guys stepped it up on the second night of a back to back. Yeah. Which is fantastic. No Marcus Morris either. No. Um, and honestly, which was probably the right move. I absolutely was the right move. Um, basically, also down the stretch, they just hunted James Harden, dude. Yeah. Like, I love that this Canoes game is what playoff teams in the East are going to maybe heavily reference for how to beat the Nets. Well, it's, it makes it's, me it's, so happy that this is the Clippers team. This iteration of that roster did it to them like that. Well, it's it's interesting because, you know, Harden, who I am a fan of, just I'm just going to throw it out there. Yeah, uh, sure. it, you know, his defense is always maligned. He's improved in in certain ways. Like he's become a much better sort of post defender, which is where they kind of like to try to yeah. have him. And he's been a good um, post defender. Yeah, and and he you know he can be good with deflections and sort of like trying to be active with hands and stuff. But in this situation, uh, I, I think that you're right. Like this was the blueprint of like how to exploit some of his inefficiencies mm-hmm. uh, defensively. And yeah, I mean this was just this was a game. It was a fun that, time. I mean, are you going to tell the crowd about the bet that you had against the Clippers in this? Yeah, I took. Uh, I thought the spread. I thought the spread was too much for the Clippers to overcome. And I would just like the record to show: every time I bet against the Clippers, they've but won. They've won. So send me money, and I'll bet against the Clippers. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it was fantastic. You love to see it. Um, another freshie, a guy who's crushing it, Eric Bledsoe. Knew Finally, it. knew it was going to happen. <laughs> Finally, vindicating uh, what you're saying. In his last five games as a starter, the Clippers are three and two. He's averaging 19 points. Four boards, six assists, two steals. The biggest good thing is that he's shooting 50% from three, 83% from the free throw line, 49% overall. And the attempts are right is the thing from three. I think even yep. more so than efficiency, I'm always watching the number of attempts for Bledsoe. You want it less than four, uh, I think, is, yes. is like the magic number. And If he was four for four, I'd be like, stop shooting. And like, <laughs> I'm not going to do this to compare to, to Pat Beth because I... They're just different players. They both provide different things. Obviously, I love Pat Bev. Sure. But I, I believe it was Clippers Film Room that brought this up. The game against the Nets was Eric Bledsoe's 36th appearance. Last this season. season yeah. Okay. Last season, we got 37 appearances out of Pat in the regular season. Wow. And I would also say we've gotten full Bledsoe for these 36 games. How many of Pat Bev's appearances were? minutes restriction you know what i mean like that's not a that's not even a full 37 playoffs though we got full pat we did get full pat in the playoffs. that is true um and so i'm not despair i'm not despair absolutely but this is why you trade for eric bledsoe the availability you know we all knew that that was going to be a, a part of what the driving force was behind this trade yeah absolutely um it's going to be interesting to see what happens when the team gets back to full strength with this because Bled has been great with this starting lineup, but the starting lineup is way different yeah. <laughs> than what it usually is. So it almost... Al- this it's a good problem to have with the starting lineup where you... I mean, like, honestly, 
Reggie and Bledsoe. For next year it is. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Two players, I mean, honestly, could not be more different in terms of, yeah. you know, guards. And catch and shoot Reggie's back right now. Yeah. That version of Reggie is really helping out this version of Bledsoe, I think, too. Definitely. Definitely. And I just, yeah, I, from where I'm sitting right right now, right here on, uh, you know, January 2nd, 8, 10 p.m. Sure. I just don't think with a fully healthy lineup, you could really go wrong with either one of these guards. It's a weird problem to have. And it's something, it's almost like, it's almost like you're picking who's the first guy to sub off. It's yes. It's not going well if you're Ty Lue. Definitely. Um, good problem to have. Um, moving on. Are we going to be able to keep Amir Coffee next year? I know this isn't a freshy thing, but. I mean, he's practically an oldie on this team. I, be, I mean, yeah, pretty much. Um, he's on a two-way, which is disrespectful because he's been like the Clippers like fifth best player this season maybe fourth yeah like he's been great um cap wise it also limits his appearances yeah which it, is uh, yeah tough he um, only gets so many has that changed though with the hardship it stuff might have, dude I don't even know what's going on with these rules anymore um cap wise it seems difficult the only non-hardship guys not signed through next year for the Clippers are Surgeon Hart. Which is interesting because assuming that Avisa Duats is healthy, I mean, we, we definitely only He's need start. one or two, one of these two guys as like a yes. backup center most likely because fully healthy, you know, the third center or whatever will just be a variation of going small. Yeah, exactly. Assuming we have both Morris and uh, Batum. So... Like, do we use like? Can we even use like the just under twelve? Like, we're probably we're not gonna be able to keep Hartenstein. I don't think it's gonna be very difficult. Has to be a really good pitch for him to come back to this Clippers team. Yeah, money wise, he hasn't gotten a big contract yet, and the training staff would have to not bungle whatever is going on with his ankle. With his ankle, sure. Um, and Serge, who we're gonna talk about in a second, <laughs> pool does not seem like he's coming back to the Clippers. He is not coming back to the Clippers unless um, Kawhi really wants him back. Yeah. And they can get him on a more budget-friendly contract than what they're paying. Which now. I think we're going to talk about in a sec, too. Um, should they? Can they even use some of this 12? Like, is Amir... Like, we need wing depth, right? Like, I mean, always. Yeah, so I hope we can keep Amir. I'd rather keep Amir over Surge at this point, 110%. Look, Amir has been contributing to winning uh, yes. in a way that Surge has not. Yes, uh, absolutely. So, you know, completely different positions, completely different players, but... I'm with you. I, I I was kind of even wondering last year um, who like Amir has played better this year, obviously, but you know we saw Amir on the bench with the main team quite a bit. Yeah, he knows how to play and he knows the system. What's the other thing with in hasp times like this? If you have a guy who knows the system, very valuable. Um, speaking of surge, he gone. The surge thing is weird. Um, it was obviously bungled, like we've already talked about with the back stuff bungle in the jungle <laughs> i mean basically all i and, and maybe it was it was mostly like it was on the clippers side and not on the surge side surge was like give me surgery like and wanted. they were like what if you just played basketball instead yeah uh and that didn't go well the vibes are off when he's on the court he's not playing very well yeah i don't know what happened there because it, it seemed like like physically he was he was getting back to sure. where he needed to be He was looking a little bit better but I agree. Like, just not there right now. Yeah. And yeah. It might I mean, be, we've might seen more Winslow thing. at the five. Yes. Which is like, whatever, sure. Might be a mental thing. We don't know. But he's done nothing to show that he should be a regular season second option over Hartenstein. Yeah. This, he has. No, 100%. Up to this point. Um, but that makes it hard because, right, the, the idea is that in the playoffs, Serge makes the Clippers better. 
I mean, defensively over Hart, of course. Yes. And Hartenstein in the playoffs, I think it would be a bit of a rude awakening for some of the super hard Hartenstein fans. I love Hart. Most likely. But, but, you know, we don't know. But sure. In a year like this, how can we evaluate his value in the postseason when we're in like this throwaway lost year of playoffs? Yeah. And, man, like next season, is he a vet man guy? I mean, almost two full seasons of like, I mean, we'll see, you know, because we're only half, we're, we're just under halfway into this season, right? Yeah. He, he could still turn a corner, something could happen, and it doesn't feel like that's where we're headed. But is he a 10 mil, is he a mid-level exemption guy? Like, like after two seasons of like... He's got a ring already. Yeah, like not, oh God, I don't want to say unproductive, but like it has not really been productive basketball for two seasons now. Yeah. Um, and the injury history... Yeah, I don't know if you want part of this is the Clippers fault. Part of it is the, the, the whole back thing like really ruined uh, maybe some of the outlook for Serge's tail in his career, maybe cut some time off that he would have gotten for meaningful basketball. Yeah. Um. So I get that. But like if he's looking at a contender, if he wants to play for a contender, a he's probably. Yeah. Probably and if you're edging Serge, towards that kind of vet man. And if you're Serge, category. why are you not going to a contender? Like you're going to go to like. Yeah. OKC again to like be a fun vet. Yeah, like, for sure. For sure. Sh he should go to a contender. Yeah, because um, the Clippers have they're in the wrong. I think this, it's mostly on the Clippers fault for bungling this situation. The word of the episode, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, I don't know, just the refusal to sort of let him get the surgery that he needed. And then I mean, it's just a bummer because like so that changed his timeline, right? Yeah, because he didn't get the surgery at the time he wanted it. So we couldn't come back in time. So they ended up having to go and get another center who just in, happened in, to be better in the free agency. And like, I mean, for what the Clippers needed and like what this team has been this year, I mean, Hart was just the better fit. Yep. And that's got to be. And Ty Lue and that's loves be, what Hartenstein does. Yeah. And that's got to be, you know, he is a more offensive minded coach yeah. in terms of the regular season. So, I mean, that's got to be difficult to watch. But yeah, I, I don't know, man. Unless Kawhi makes a strong pitch, I do not really see a scenario in which Surge is with this team next season. It's going to be interesting. Hopefully he has a good, uh, has a good run against these Timberwolves. Um, coming up, we're talking the Luke Kennard Progress Report and Terrence Mann Vorp Watch. Um, but first, no live ad reads. Whoa. All right. Welcome to the Luke Kennard Progress Report and Terrence Mann Vorp Watch. We do both of these every Monday. Let's talk Luke Kennard. He started the new year off by entering health and safety protocols. Love it. Love it JK, on New Year's I Day. I don't love it. Um, that moved the line against the Nets like five points. It did, like yeah. After that was announced, which is crazy. Um, since our last Luke Kennard progress report on the 27th, he had 10 points versus Brooklyn on that same day on the 27th. On three of seven shooting from deep, 17 points versus Boston, um, six of 14 from deep. God damn. <laughs> uh, four assists and four boards, 13 points in the loss to Toronto, three of seven from deep and six assists. Six assists? The man is doing a lot of good things. Yeah. It's been fantastic. His minutes went up in each of those games. They went 24, 36, and then 40. He missed the game for Sacramento on the 22nd of December. But before that, he was at 28 minutes, 39, 31, and 34. So his minutes, like, this health and safety protocol is giving him some rest. Which, you know, at times he was doing things where, like, he would play the full first. and that's He was getting trash shifts. That's too many minutes for a Luke Kennard. Yes, absolutely. For right now. Yeah. For what we need, it's like, 
and it's just tough. You know, you, you think about the knees a little bit. You think about how that oh, yeah. ends up. Yeah. It's a very real thing. Um, he's So he's out of health and safety. tendonitis. Yes. He's out of health and safety protocols on the 11th. Yeah. But is it still 10 days or is it five? Did they switch the CDC thing? I have no idea. Um, either way. I'll, have, I'll look that up. I'll Google it. <laughs> if he's out on the, either he's either back the 11th or he's back the 6th. Yeah. Um, the Clippers have a road game on the 13th and the 15th. So we'll probably see him kind of back versus Indiana on the 17th. Because we have this reconditioning stuff. Yeah. Which like we very much need. Um, but Luke's been fantastic. He's he's absolutely played to his contract. Um, I think during this recent stretch, like these have been two good weeks of Luke Kennard progress reports. That I yeah, he's absolutely played to his contract. It's got to make you wonder though. Um, do you think? Do you think there's any interest in shopping Luke for possibly Whoa. another asset? Whoa. I'm not saying that I want this. I'm not saying that I want this. I'm just saying like with I how well even, he's playing with how well he's playing, do you think that maybe this front office from what we know office, about this right, front office right, right, right. like do you think maybe the phone's getting picked up because Oh, if this someone's is calling looking, for Luke Kennard. This is looking like a a tastier kind of trade piece because the money is right for you to attach something else to get, you know, a big name if that's what you want. Or, you know, another guy in like that 16 range, which will still net you a decent player. Hopefully it's um, good as Luke Kennard. So yeah, I, I definitely I don't think we should trade him, especially not in this season. So like this. I didn't even this is not the season to make a trade. But do you yeah. think that this has sort of upped his trade appeal? I think it very much has. It's funny you mentioned that, like, because I hadn't even thought if the Clippers traded Luke Kennard this season. Oh, I've, it'd be I, like the mo- I'd be like, what the fuck are we doing? I, <laughs> I would probably lose my mind in that scenario. Because fully healthy, this with Luke Kennard, this come on, yeah. like fully healthy, this team is a championship contender, and Luke Kennard is a crucial outside shooting piece to that, and he's worked on his defense, like plug and play into basically any lineup that we you have. basically I, like, which I didn't think before this season. No. Tyloo yeah. did a really good job of like instilling Figuring sets. It out. That Luke Kennard can get into instilling in his teammates, you know, the eyes to find Luke Kennard wherever he is on the court. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. But you got to think, I mean, like, <laughs> you know, it is a little bit more tantalizing of an asset now. If you were, sure. Which I'm not saying they will, if you were to make a move. I'm just like, Mark Morris plus Luke Kennard, I feel like could get you something. That's 32 million bucks. I don't see. That's what's so crazy. <laughs> that's what's crazy about the depth of this <laughs> team is that it's like, yeah, man. I'm not yeah, after God, this season, I'm in thing. no way willing to gamble with the depth of this team. Like, I don't even know if I could do two players out for one back. Just after what we've seen this Absolutely year. Absolutely not, I'm like, dude. I'm like, I don't know, man. I, I think that bodies have proven to be more important, maybe even than, than the top tier. Talent. Yeah. And I mean that I mean the front office took that into account when they traded for Blaze. Yeah. Like that had that was definitely part of it. Um shout out Luke Kennard. Uh, Terrence Mann Vorp Watch. We do this every week. We're talking uh, Terrence Mann's value over a replacement player. Bit of a goofy stat. Um, but, you know, it's an excuse uh, for us to talk about Terrence Mann. Yeah, and it's, I, I think that it serves as like a nice baseline for comparison. Sure. You know? People, uh, people, some people thought that when the season started, he would be in the conversation for the most improved player award, which that wasn't going to happen. You just gotta be scoring like twenty plus a game. You really. just, it's just, yeah, it's, it's on really team, difficult. It's just not gonna. Um, right now, sorry, I'm looking up his VORP uh, as we record this. He's at point three. 
Wow, that's a large improvement. That's that, a 300% improvement from where he was for basically the last yeah. month. And this this uh, this accrues over the season. Yeah. Um, last season, he was at 0.6. He's already halfway through the season. He's at 0.3. He's on track to get to 0.6. I think he'll be over that. Everyone listening to this probably already knows that Terrence Mann is much better than a replacement player. Um, and He's as good. Okay. Um, since being inserted into the starting lineup, these 12 games, he's averaging 13 points, six rebounds, just under three assists, 56% from the field, 50% from three point. Wild. We love it. Some more stats from Joseph Fry Ward over on Twitter. He hosts a clip that pod. Go listen to it. Um, Terrence Mann is shooting 41% on 51 corner three attempts this year. And he's shooting 38.5% on 52 above the break threes. Are these shooting percentages real? I think the corner threes is. I, th- I think corner for, threes, I th- I think that I'm he, on board with. Yes, I think that he is a 40% shooter in the corners, which sure. I think is if you want to be like a forward in this league or he's like, you know, like I'll a, take that all day a, from Terrence Mann. Yeah. Because his game isn't predicated on outside shooting. His game is predicated on chaos in the paint on both sides of the ball. A little bit of his game is predicated on outside shooting. I mean, if you look at that... But, 30, but it's just not the main the, thing. If you look at the 39-point game, which is the reason that everyone thought, you know, he could maybe win. Sure. Most player, which you and Joseph I. Ward constantly try and bring down. <laughs> I don't try to bring it down. I'm just saying, look at the... Where did he make most of those shots? No, you're right. I'm just saying, like, it's not the main thing which I'm happy about. Like, if he were brought into the league as a shooter... Oh, I like, see what you. you know I, what I see. I see yeah, what yeah, you're yeah, saying. Yeah. I see what you're saying. Yes. yes um, last season he averaged seven and three and a half. This year he's already up to eleven and five. So he, he's improving those stats. I'm not not sure how real you know. Obviously, fifty percent three point shooting is for a whole season. I don't think it's anywhere near that. Um, but, but forty, I think, I think forty in the corner is solid. Thirty eight and a, like almost thirty nine percent above the break is not real. But I mean, if it was, that'd be incredible. Because um, so last season he took one and a half threes a game, yeah, and he was at forty two percent. This season he's taking three and he's at thirty nine. Yeah, so he might be that guy who he's a high. I mean, I think yeah, he's a he's a high thirties three point shooter. He's a high thirties three point guy. High. If, if the attempts aren't over five, probably yeah. That you might, don't want Terrence that, Mann that taking the, six threes. That might if they're corner threes. Yeah, I mean, yeah, obviously. I don't want everyone on the team taking six threes if they're all corner threes. That'd be great. Um, defense has been there, too. He's he's ramping up to where I think kind of the actual version of Terrence Mann is as opposed to kind of the rose-colored glass version. He's ramping up to that right now, which has been great because there's been some, you know, Clippers fans, us on this podcast, have been like, where's the aggressiveness? It's been a little off but his decision making he's confidently his decision making looks a lot better with the ball in his hands i don't know what happened because you know like we said like he can't he shot well from three in the playoffs there's a big reason that we were yeah we were able to be successful when Kawhi went down for whatever reason during the first quarter of this season it seemed like he was hesitant to shoot from three yeah it seemed like he was way happier to dribble into either trying to find a mid-range shot or like you know, moving the ball in a way that wasn't really like progressing a possession. Um, yes. Like he was a little hesitant there. So it's good to see that that has, you know, been reinstilled in him, that sort of confidence. 
Um, Hit the three versus Brooklyn. Like, well, and, dude, and, what a great confidence booster right there. When you just have that part of your game that like there are specific sets for and you can like get kind of confidence, I don't know how it couldn't have that sort of like trickle-down effect over other parts of your game. Like, you know, it just... I think it just helps you believe a little bit more in what your purpose is as like a tool on this team. Yes, definitely. That's a super good call. Um, we hope for more good stuff from Terrence uh, versus Wolves. Hopefully. Um, Tuesday's episode, recap of Clippers versus Wolves. Let's get this dub. Uh, Twitter Tuesday, so send your questions over to at Clips. Of course, whatever else happens between now and then in Clipperland, we hope everyone's having a good start their 2022. Will, if someone wanted to listen to this podcast, where the heck could they do that? Uh, so you can check us out on Apple Podcasts or the podcast app. We're also on Google Podcasts. We're on Spotify. We're on Stitch. We're on Deezer. We're on Amazon Music. You can always tell your smart speaker to play Lockdown Clippers. It works fabulously. Look, if you haven't already, please give this show a rating and review. You can do that over on uh, the podcast app or now on Spotify. Yes. If you wanted to leave us a rating on Spotify, maybe you've already done it on Apple Podcasts. It would really help us out. This is a new feature on Spotify. Things like that definitely always help the show. Mm-hmm. We mentioned up top, but we do bring you Clippers stuff Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Pacific. Look, this team is maybe in its most unpredictable state. And we love uh, it. And we love it. And we cannot wait to bring you all this Clippers news that's coming up. We absolutely cannot. I have been positive, Chuck Mockler. And I am William the Opinion Updike. And as always, we appreciate you.